You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Birth can also be a lot of trauma because there's so much happening with your mind and your body and you're becoming this new person before your own eyes. And there's a lot of scary things that are out of your control. And so we don't want you to hear us say like, oh, we had an amazing experience and like we're just being candid. It really was amazing. And we do recognize it's not everybody's story and our hearts are with you if it's not. And I just didn't want this to seem like (laughs) bragging or prideful because there's a lot that works itself out into a birth story and just grateful that this was Oliver's. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry, and your favorite guest is joining me again today. It is, drumroll please, the Thomas Autry. Now, I remember in the last episode, he said I was going to have a walk-up song, so I'm hoping that, <laughs> that just got finished playing as my words are coming out right now. Like Philip insert the walk-up song we'll, we'll figure out what that's gonna be um but no for real he's my favorite guest and definitely yours too and today he is telling the story that we're so excited to share with you guys but he is my birth partner my doula my husband he's all the things today you like are taking on so many different roles i'm telling the story or we are telling we are story. telling the story oh, okay, gotcha. yeah i'm definitely gonna need your help remembering because i feel like Half of it, I blacked out. You so. were a little out for the count on most of it, but. That's okay. So yeah, the title gave it away, but today we are telling the birth story of our sweet Oliver, who we have lovingly really been calling Ollie. Oliver's yeah, for sure. Ollie. Yeah. We've coined the nickname Ollie Pop. Ollie Pop, which actually, hate to break to you, it's a soda. Are you serious? Yeah, it's a soda we, keep, we had in the fridge. You drank the last of the other day. You're not talking about the strawberry cream. Yeah, but its name is Olipop? Yeah, it's O-L-I-P-O-B for sure. I'm no not way. No, yeah. Well, Money. They can do that, but this is a play on lollipop. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yes. Um. So our sweet Oliver, his middle name is Oliver Wells. We'll get to name meaning, I'm sure, at some point in this episode. If not, DM me. Happy to share that story. But we loved sharing Maddox's birth story with you guys. I forget the actual episode number, but we'll make sure to link it in the show notes. But it was really fun. Honestly, I think it was a good processing that we needed to do. Like it was, it almost felt like a journal. Yeah. It almost felt like a journal entry, but it just so happens to be recorded and online for anybody and everybody in the world to listen to. Yeah, it's super fun, too. If we ever forget any details, we can always look back and just listen to it. That's right. And it's fresh-ish. So Oliver, at this moment, is five weeks old, which um, is nuts. I just I feel like it's truly passed by. Like, yeah. it does seem like forever ago because this has been one of the longest months of our lives. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, it feels like just yesterday that I was wishing he would just go ahead and come on out. So on that note, let's start there. So back up to... December 9th, which was my technical due date. And I just want to put an asterisk out here for the due date situation. It's really not a due date. It's a due month. Like if someone says your baby's going to be, you know, your due date is December 9th. It does not mean your baby's coming December 9th. Um, I had a lot of friends who have yet to have children, like, be so confused about that. 
And I feel like that's a month to include two weeks prior and two weeks after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this baby could be born at 38 weeks. 40 weeks is your due, is when they set your due date. And then 42 weeks is typically when doctors are like, eh, okay, let's go ahead and get this baby out. So yeah, I could be born literally, like there's a whole month, there's a four week chunk that your baby could come and it would be quote unquote like normal or statistically, you know. Healthy. Yeah, all the things. Ripe. Right. (laughs) So we were really hoping that our little Oliver would be ripe on December 9th. And he was just snug as a bug in a rug. And I went late with Maddox, too, Um, like late as in after my due date Um, with Maddox. Just for some context, I was induced for hypertension, just had super high blood pressure at one of my later appointments. And they just went ahead and sent me over to the labor and delivery. And we're like, we can't let you go home. Like, yeah, you'd you had a, a high blood pressure for the past couple of the last few appointments. They were kind of watching it. We're like, with hey, Maddox, our firstborn. Just yeah. FYI, this is a thing. Yeah, so. you have high blood pressure. So going into this pregnancy with Oliver, it was so similar as far as symptoms goes. But I will tell you, I felt so much healthier in this pregnancy, although I really didn't do anything differently. Um, I I ate the same, worked out the same just felt similar except just healthier um so no high blood pressure but no high blood pressure ever like like even through delivery like never had high blood pressure which was so nice and because of this i remember going to my doctor which he has been fantastic and let me have a lot of say so in the process and i basically asked him like hey how long are we comfortable waiting for this baby before we start talking about induction which was not desirable from my end i was induced with maddox because of the high blood pressure and did not enjoy the induction process or experience and so my desire was that i would go into labor naturally with oliver so keep that all in mind with these conversations we're about to have went to my doctor um at my 40 week appointment and basically was like what do we want to do here because baby is happy and my body is happy and so we're healthy what like what do you think and he's like i'm happy to wait as long as you're comfortable i mean at any point you want to be induced you let me know we can schedule it but i'm fine waiting until that 42 week point so we waited one more week to my 41 week appointment and then we went in right right and um I no, this was the this was 40 week okay, appointment. Yeah. Yep. Same appointment. Right. I remember he said, you know, basically I'll let you go to 42 weeks. And this like my I, I was dilated only a little bit. So my body was doing it. And I had ha- been having contractions for like almost two weeks on and off. Yeah. Um, they weren't quite Braxton Hicks, but there were more than Braxton Hicks. Like they were there was pressure and tightening, if you know what I'm talking about, not just the tightening of Braxton Hicks. So the I, first time they happened, Rachel was like, this might be it. Let's get ready. We called our, our, our like, friend, go-to our overnight friend girl. that was ready to ready on standby to watch Maddox. And then yeah. they just like never got worse and never got yeah, went the away. Contractions never so, progressed. Right. It was really weird. Um, so anyways, had been having those. So go to this appointment and talk to my doctor. He said, I'm fine with you waiting. Um, as long as you're comfortable waiting, everything looks healthy right now. Of, of, of course, things can change, but you tell me. And I was like, I'm fine waiting. Oh, you know what, Thomas? I was going two times a week at this point because That's I was right. over my due date. That's right. So my next appointment is when I was very miserable. Um, and honestly, at this point in the pregnancy game, people will probably agree with me because my friends have all been like, 
Yes, but it's a mind game. It's not really a body game anymore because you're used to your body doing this. You're you're uncomfortable to the max, but at this point, it's a mind game. Like every day feels like the longest day. So if someone's like, hey, you're going to have your baby in five. Don't look at me to agree with you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> if someone was like, hey, like you're going to have a baby in five days. I'd be like, uh, this seems like forever away. But right now, of course, five days, you're like, oh, it's the end of the week. No biggie. So anyways, just want to put that in context as well. So he said it could be tomorrow that you naturally go into labor. It could be 42 weeks and then we induce you. So I pulled out my calendar and my phone looked at it 42 weeks for me landed on december 22nd or december 23rd which would mean that we were in the hospital on christmas eve and christmas day and that made me so sad to miss christmas with maddox at home and to be in the hospital on christmas if it was like my choice so anyways we set a due date on the calendar for december 19th which was a monday yep and we basically just kind of held out from there. We called our parents. We said, hello, <laughs> this baby will be here. I think this was on a Thursday. Yeah. We were like, hey, we just scheduled an induction for Monday. The baby will be here by then for sure. So go ahead and make plans for this weekend to be here if you want to, if you know, of course, you want to be a part of it. And they said yes. So they started making plans to be here. I am so grateful. Just like a minor detail. We have really cool neighbors. Yeah, I want to share sure. this because this is like a huge plug for community. Like have those conversations, meet the people that are around you, like get to know people that you might not otherwise have anything in common with besides the location you live. Because surprisingly, I think you would have a lot more in common with them than yeah, just your location. Sure. So we've made friends with some of our neighbors. Um, and so we actually had those as our parents accommodations for staying here. So we didn't want them to have to get a hotel. Um, so we set up my mom with our neighbors right across the street. And then we set up my in-laws, Thomas's parents, with our friends right up the street. So everyone was walking distance, which was so super cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So parents get there on Friday afternoon. Nope. Sorry. I lied. Saturday. Every Well, basically, like everyone kind of trickled in at their own pace. But my point is Saturday evening, everybody was there. My, yeah. my mom arrived. She was the last guest to get here. Um, and we sat around we went and got pizza my mother-in-law and i went and got pedicures which is a funny story because that will come in later that will come in later i'll just go ahead and say it now basically i have a friend who owns an incredible um nail salon here in birmingham it's called genesis if you're here you can totally go they're awesome and she joked with me she's like girl if you do not have a baby whenever you like want the baby to come just schedule a pedicure with me and i got a guy who is known to putting women in labor like from acupuncture like not acupuncture um pressure points yeah and like something about the way that he massages their ankle and like the back of your calf is like known to put you in labor it's a thing apparently so anyways he does that and so um plug nelson plug his name is nelson <laughs> um, we love you nelson because my mother-in-law said you know do you want to go get your nails done like one last time before baby of course i said yes so we go i called my friend christine who owns the salon and was like hey can any chance nelson is available lol she said yeah only at four o'clock so we go and get nails done then we go get pizza and then we all come back to my my house and we're sitting around laughing sharing stories also just to back up real quick like the context of this was super cool because we had to kind of figure out if we really wanted to play the whole christmas game in the hospital and right was that 
because having a baby around Christmas to is like stressful. you know you kind of have to lay down this idea that Rachel had put in her mind of like how she wanted to experience this birth and some things that she wanted to do hard and fast and things that she was going to have like open hands throughout so I feel like she did a really good job of compromising I really think this Christmas is important to be around family and to be in our own home with a new baby I think that just is is what our hearts need right now but also in order to get that that may look like me laying down a few things of what I would like this birth story to happen because it is in my control now. Like it would have been easier if the doctor just said, no, we have to do this because of high blood pressure. Right. Or some medical reason. Right. But it was back in our hands. And so the goal was so honestly, what we were praying was either, you know, healthy induction on Monday. And then that gets the timeline that we feel like we were most comfortable with or baby comes before then naturally Na- yeah spontaneously spontaneous labor um and so i pedicure. yeah so i'm just yeah i'm gonna do uh, yeah i'm gonna explain this too because of course every woman i feel like you go into labor or your birth story with a birth plan which is funny because you kind of have to hold your hands open to that it's never really gonna play out the way you think it would or could or should um and so my plan if if you were to ask me like what does a perfect labor and delivery look like for you? I would have said spontaneous labor with like very little intervention. I wanted to be at the hospital. In the form of medication. Yeah. Intervention as far as like I, I want to be able to like move around. I didn't just want to be like in the bed with an epidural. Like that's not like that wasn't a desire for me. That doesn't sound relaxing. Like I really wanted to see how far my body could go. So I didn't know if that meant unmedicated. Like if someone asked what's your goal, I would have been like unmedicated because that would have been cool if I got there. Um, but I really just, I didn't want to be the girl to get in and say, okay, like I'm ready for the medicine now, which some girls are. And that's amazing. That would be me. Absolutely. <laughs> if Thomas was a woman, he's already said like, <laughs> I would be the person. Pipe me up, up. <laughs> Steve epidural. Like I'm in the waiting room. Go ahead and he's pick like, up my bed. I'll be there centimeters. for the next couple days. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead and pipe me up, dude. So, and like, that's so cool. And maybe next time I'll do that. But um, I wasn't able to experience like a spontaneous labor with Maddox because of my high blood pressure. So with this one, I was thinking, okay, if things are going so well, how cool would it be if like water broke or I had that like, oh my gosh, I'm having contractions movie moment, go to the hospital. And it just all happens so quickly that I didn't need an epidural. And I had this baby without medicine and not to prove anything, but I really wanted to be in tune with my body and like feel what it was doing and push when I felt like I needed to push. And it just happened more quickly because I hear that happens with your second, third, fourth, whatever. So there's all that information. That was my like desire. Okay. Full candid. That's what I had written down in my birth plan. I felt like that was important information before we get too deep into the details. Yes. Okay. So now pick back up Saturday evening. Family is all here. Went, got pedicures, pizza back home. I'm bouncing on a birth ball and the rest of my family is sitting on our sectional and we're just laughing and hanging out. And I remember laughing so hard that I literally felt like my water was going to break. Like I had the thought in my mind that was like, if I push hard enough, I bet you my water would break because there was so much pressure down there. Um, TMI, but I was like up and down going to the bathroom. Like nothing was staying in my stomach. Everything was running straight through me. And I remember thinking that that was really strange because I know that's another symptom of labor. Um, and then what else was it? I, re- I feel like there was one more. Yeah. Well, this was literally 
So this Hours. was Saturday yeah. night, right? Saturday night, yeah. Yes. So everyone goes yeah. home around like 11 o'clock at night. Thomas and I stay up till like 1230. Yeah, that's what was the next piece. Yeah, just like laughing, hanging out. I felt like we were like young and dating again. Like it just felt I, I silly did, and did flirty. Feel like, and, and we didn't really plan any of this, but I do feel like, I don't know, it had been a little while before we just sat in bed and talked and laughed and... Didn't just like roll over things. and say, okay, good night. You know, yeah, we like had a good time talking and just catching up. Yeah. Being pals. So go to bed. And then around four o'clock, I woke up and I was having those dang contractions again. And at this point, I've had about four or five of these episodes. So I'm a little bit annoyed with them because I'm like, dang, I just want to be able to sleep. You know, like I'm about to get induced the next day. I want my good rest. So I'm up and. I'm kind of rolling around in bed trying to get comfortable and they, they're getting a little bit more intense and I like can't get comfy. So um, at one point I remember it happening and I have this really weird thing where if I'm in a lot of pain, I'll like wiggle my toes. I don't know how to, <laughs> it's like a weird thing about me. Like I like literally wiggle my toes oh, yeah. to try to get the pain out. And I, I like realized I was wiggling my toes cause I was in pain. I was like, Oh gosh, like, I don't know if these are going to go away, but my other ones had gone away if I got in the shower. So I was like, I'm just going to go get in the shower. I was also timing them and they were about five minutes apart, lasted for about a minute. So wake up Thomas and I'm like, Hey, I'm having contractions. I'm just going to go hop in the shower. Like whatever. I get up to go to the shower and I just feel like everything drops and it like, and I have contractions down the hall, like on my way to the shower. I remember telling Thomas, like, you should probably shower too. Cause I feel like this is it. We need to pack the bags go ahead and call my mom, which remember was right across the street. So she walked over around five and we packed our bags into the car, got the car seat in. I literally went to the hospital with wet hair, no makeup. I guess it's like, <laughs> you know, baby number two, you're like, I already know I'm about to look crazy. You know, I'm already going to have like a rat's nest on top of my head after all this. Whatever. So we, um, get in the car and we start driving there. And I remember just like crying being so grateful and i remember what did i say i was like god hears me yeah. like he does care like i really wanted to go spontaneous labor and here i am it's happening the day before i was supposed to be induced so it's a sunday morning at like 5 30 a.m and that was something that the doctor also said like setting oh, a yeah. date sometimes gives your body the freedom to relax because you're all all this pent-up stress about like oh it could be today oh it could be today well i hope it's tomorrow all this stuff well yeah if so you true. just set a date and you're like, all right, well, I know it's going to be either before or that day. And it could allow your body to truly relax for the first time. Yes, yes, yes. That I think that helped me tremendously. It took a lot of pressure off myself. I was able to be kind and like actually enjoy the last few days. And yeah. by be kind, I mean like be kind to myself and to others for sure. But especially <laughs> to myself. Um, so get to the hospital at our specific one they triage you before they actually admit you so we were in triage for a little bit and i was progressing there there was a few ambulances with maternity cases that were coming in so the doctor was very busy was unable to come and check me like get me admitted quickly so i labored for about three or four hours mm -hmm. in triage then they finally got my iv port in and admitted me and at that point i was having contractions again at like at probably like three yeah, and it was four weird because apart. they scared us because, you know, you always hear like, hey, if you're having contractions and there's three minutes apart, you know, you need to go to the hospital, like right meow. <laughs> and so that's what scared us is because Rachel was at the house was having contractions five minutes apart. And then when she was timing them in the shower, they could be like two three, minutes, three minutes. Yeah, apart, two and four a half minutes, minutes apart, apart yeah. five minutes apart, two minutes apart. We're like, holy moly, 
because she wanted to labor at home a little bit longer than she did. Right. But I just got so scared because I didn't know how quickly it was. And she was like, I'm not having this baby in the car. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I, I literally like on accident had seen like two reels about women having babies like in their car or in the lobby of triage. And I'm like, that will not be me. So when it started getting close, like two and a half minutes, I remember thinking like, we got to go. So we packed the car, go triage finally admits us. We're upstairs. Have an incredible nurse asks me all the questions like, what do you want to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I tell her like, I'm trying this unmedicated. And I honestly was kind of, I, I don't know how to say this. Um, I was prepared to be met with resistance yeah. as far as like the medication goes. Like I felt like I needed to prepare myself for an argument. Like if the nurses were like, I don't know, you're going to need one. So just let me know when you want one or whatever, which is unfair because that's not everyone's story. But I had had a few friends with that story. So I just kind of had that as the expectation. However, my nurses were incredible and they were championing me. I felt like the entire time. Yeah. Like they like they were like, do not like you can do this. Do not ever think for a second. You can't like you got this girl. We will help you. You just tell us what you need, whatever. So I just labored like on bed, standing up, sitting on the side of the bed, like and all the different positions I felt comfortable. Finally got to a point where like I couldn't talk through the contractions and had to close my eyes the entire contraction and they just got a lot more intense. We'll spare you a lot of like those painful details because it got really intense. And honestly, this is where I say I blacked out because I just was trying to make it through something they I feel like people don't talk about is you can have, what is it called? Like um, consecutive contractions, something like that, where your contractions are back to back. So like you have a contraction, it comes down and right as it gets down, it goes right back up again to another contraction. Yeah. And then you get your break in between. Or it never even really levels out. Never, like it doesn't yeah. go all the way back down to a zero. It, it could like kind of start to go down and then shoot right back up. Right. My doctor that had been with me this whole, um, process through my pregnancy was not there that weekend but a different doctor in their same practice was and he was great it got to a point i'm like where should we even go at this point because this is truly where i like blacked out this is all like meshed into about 20 minutes in my mind what are like some milestones you remember i don't know i feel like so in maddox's pregnancy we had a doula in mississippi and she was fantastic but this time we felt pretty confident to take a run at it by ourselves because Thomas is a champion and knows how to champion me well. And he did. Whatever. So. So I feel like it was really at this point that we were just talking about your comfort. Yeah. Like, how do I get comfortable? And so, we had communicated yeah. to the nurses a lot about what you wanted to do and your desires. And so they took that with a like and ran with it. And I feel like they gave you a lot of space and a lot of time in between checks to allow you to progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of this time was for the majority of like the rest of your labor was just us figuring out different positions that were comfortable for you. And mm -hmm. we had our birth through. playlist playing and Thomas was reading me birth affirmations, which were so helpful. We'll link those in the show notes because I, I mean, like for real, I think you read the same affirmation over and over to me. Yeah, there like, were like three that I feel like specifically doing non-medicated were just affirming what like the purpose of your body and that the Lord put that there on purpose. Yeah. Like what what was one of them? One of them was like the Lord strengthens you with every breath. Yeah. Because you were breathing a lot through all of your contractions. Mm -hmm. With every breath, like the Lord gives me strength. And so yeah. I remember like taking a breath and being like strength, like I got this. So 
I also think it's important to tell you that we had a code word. Oh, yes. So that if I did get to the point where I was like, mayday, mayday, like abort mission, I need help. Because that was the other thing. Like, I'm the whole like unmedicated thing wasn't to prove it to anybody. Honestly, wasn't even to prove it to myself. It was for an experience. But I also had a threshold and I knew it existed for me to where I wanted to be able to tap out because that was an option. And I didn't want to just like suffer. And I didn't want to think back on my story and be like, oh my goodness, like I did not enjoy that one bit i was just so excited to get to the end i didn't even you know like savor those sweet moments yeah and so and they were so rich that i didn't want to miss out so anyways um we had a code word for this but we did have that conversation that was like kind of for me it's like how hard do you want me to push you like do you really want this or yeah and so it was my job to like really kind of push you through some of the dark places (laughs) that you were going through but we had a code word that was like if you said this it's game over. We can talk about doing it epidural. We can talk about right. doing something different. Like I'm really at my end. But my stipulation was you cannot give me that word in a contraction. Right. It has to be in the middle because I will say the breaks you get in between contractions, you get like this rush, like that you literally feel high and you're like, oh my the goodness. Like, yes. You're like, oh, I can do anything because it feels so powerful to have gotten through that last contraction. Uh, however, I did get to a point where I felt like in between contractions, I was still in pain. So like on a scale of one to 10, the contractions were a 13. And then whenever like the contractions would go away, it would go down to a nine. So like I did get a break and a reprieve from the pain, but it was still painful in between. Um, and then also note my water, y'all had still yet to break. Yeah. So at this point you had gotten to like seven centimeters or water still had not broken. Right. And 10 centimeters is when you push, just for reference for people that didn't know that. Um, So seven centimeters, I was close, but still had a ways to go. And I remember thinking, like, I I got to a breakdown point. I was standing up, using the back of the chair to lean, and a angel of a nurse, I just was about to say, plug, Lindsay. (laughs) I love you, Lindsay. She came in with mineral oil and massaged my back for probably an hour and a half or two hours. Again, I don't have a good reference for time, but it was a good long time. And she helped so much with my back pain that I was having and helped me breathe. Um, Something Thomas did that was really helpful was any time like you like trying. You try to not hold tension because that works against what your contractions are trying to do. And I would hold a lot of tension in my forehead, my eyebrows, my jaw. Yep. his shoulders and so thomas would just like touch those places and be like relax like relax your head relax your jaw relax your forehead and that helped a lot um i had to really proceed cautiously <laughs> on a lot of those things <laughs> but early on we established those rhythms so i was really proud of you for trusting me and not getting mad later on at like eight centimeters when i was touching your forehead and stuff because you just like don't want to be touched i'll tell yeah. you that right now unless it's a massage from Lindsay, then yes like she can she can massage and touch my back but um anyway she gave me a great massage it helped a lot and then she helped me breathe through i remember her going in and out of the room i think she was just was trying to find all like different options for me yeah um so i just felt like everyone was just on my team and on board i remember at one point though i did break down i started crying really hard it was hard for me to breathe like i know it sounds dramatic but like i every deep breath i like had to like lift my chest to breathe cuz it was just painful yeah and at this point you were at eight centimeters i was at eight yep so i'd gotten to eight and i Still remember looking at the clock IV fluids. and at this point it 
I think it was noon or something like that. And she looked at me and she's like, get to one o'clock. Like, yes. get to one o'clock. This baby, I am I'm I feel so certain that either your water will break and this baby is going to come right out. Or by one o'clock, like, you will have a baby. Just wait till one. And so we kind of negotiated and I waited till one. And I remember I got to one o'clock and looked at the clock and just told her, I was like, I made it to one. Like, <laughs> I yeah. made it to one. Well, what had happened Still hadn't was, said the code word either. Yeah. So what had happened was is a couple of contractions happened and they were really painful. And then we kept saying, you know, you got this, you know, you can do this. You're so strong. Oh, right. And You're you. Like, say it out. Repeat after me. Like, I can do well, this. Well, no, I asked you. I was like, I, or no. Yeah, we were telling you all these things and you were just saying, I don't know, guys. I don't know if I can do this. And I was like, no, that's not what you need that's to say. That's not the headspace. You yeah. need to say, I can do this. I want to hear you say that. And you said, I can do this. So we went through a wave of like that working well. Yeah. And then a few more contractions <laughs> later, we'd already hit one o'clock. And then we had a conversation with Lindsay too. Like, you know, she was kind of telling us the whole time. And obviously you knew this, but we were pretty much in transition already. Okay, transition is when... Your body basically is pushing baby through the canal. Like you're no longer just contracting to get the baby down. The baby is down. The baby, it's just like so much pressure. Transition is typically when women get sick. Um, it's when like if you were to go unmedicated, it's when most people tap out because it's such a head game. Like, and a lot of people stay in transition for 20 minutes and some people would stay in transition for three hours. You just don't know how long that that's going to be. And that was another big like hard headspace place for me to be. I was like, yeah, if someone could just tell me that conversation at how long it's going to take. Said, this is transition. <laughs> this is like, you know, and we had, we had talked to our previous doula and she was talking about the same thing. You know, once you get there, give yourself like 45 minutes because it is, it is really right around the corner. And so, yeah, you were in transition and we were like, all right, we're going to give minutes. it an hour 15 more minutes, and, yeah. you know, see how it goes. But you were also standing up too, so like you were in so much pain because everything had dropped so heavy. So, but, but they wanted me to stand so that gravity worked to help break my water. Because right. again, so my water. Do I think that you could have found another position, maybe that was more comfortable, and you could have endured a little bit more contractions, maybe? But I don't know if that weight was really helping as much as it could have been when you were standing up because we were trying to get your water to break. So I don't know. So we were having all these conversations. Felt strategic, like we just were trying to make the best decision. And then you know. Lindsay said something was like, and but then we just need your water to break and then things are going to move quickly. And you would ask like, yeah, but then what happens to the contractions? Like they're going to continue to get worse. And yeah. She was she's like, like yes. they're going to get a lot more intense once your water breaks because the bag of water is basically acting as a pillow. So it's it's painful, but it's <laughs> it's not painful like it could be if yeah. your water had already broken. So you had already made it to your barrier at like one and then it was going to 1 p.m. Right. Jump another level of yeah. contractions and then you were going to have to push and you're like, I'm just out of gas. So from that previous conversation, we were still going. A contraction was coming. I was like, I need to hear you say this. What do you say? Looking for her to say, I can I do can this. do this. And she said, yeah, so I was like, tell me, like, what is it? You know what to say. Say it. And I was like mistletoe which <laughs> was if, our code word and if any of y'all have seen the movie four christmases um With it is Reese so funny like that yeah. is their code word to like get out of dodge when <laughs> their crazy families have bad christmas experiences so yeah. that was our code word because it was also around christmas time so so yeah so anyways he was like tell me i need to hear you say it you know what to say and i was like 
mistletoe. And I was and, like, ah. And I was like, no. <laughs> and all the nurses were like, what is happening? What is mistletoe? <laughs> we're like, that's our code word. And everyone started laughing. And I was like, I was not laughing. No, you were not was, laughing. Yeah. Um, You're probably in another contraction at this point. Yeah. Anyway, so she was like, okay, like, I'll order. She was like, they still try to talk me out of it. They were like, no, like you really can do this. And I was like, well, no, I really what? know that I can't. I don't know if you know this, but Lindsay left and ordered the epidural, but called the doctor immediately um, because they were really wanting to break your water. Right. To, to accelerate things yeah. and to see how quickly and do another check and see how quickly things could progress and almost get you that result that you always wanted and like break your water, progress it, and then the epidural wouldn't have time and then be able to talk you into it again. So she went and got the doctor. Very manipulative. The doctor came in, broke your water, and checked you. And he basically said, you could be eight centimeters, but if you were asking me, you're still more like seven. And that was it. That was like, okay, that's all I need to hear. Like, I'm ready for the epidural. Like, I'm not as far as they thought I was. I did more and above and beyond what I ever thought I could. I know my limit as a human, which is like the coolest place to be. Like when you feel like you're on the verge of like literally the end of yourself. Um, And I had like fully surrendered that entire time to Jesus. It was so rich. Like I have so many cool experiences just from those moments. It was not, I like, that wasn't me giving up. That was me just knowing when to like ask for help. Um, So anyways, anesthesiologist came in gave me the epidural um hate to frighten you but i felt the entire epidural which they typically numb you and he tried to numb me so also because... thanks Lindsay, because she had like a half an inch of mineral oil all over her back so the, the numbing oil or the, the numbing the stuff from the uh for the epidural didn't actually get didn't through to her work. skin because her skin was so moisturized with mineral oil so i was i remember i was like ow 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 ow, ow, ow like i feel that and he was like, you feel this going in? And I was like, yes. And he was like, um, he's like, what? How? how? I put lidocaine. And Lindsay was like, oh, my bad, guys. I think, <laughs> I think she had too much mineral oil. So they basically and had to like, stop and like stop, wipe as try much again. mineral oil off as possible. Yeah. And he was like, all right, let's try this again. And anyways, finally got the epidural in. Um, epidural really didn't fully kick in. <laughs> my right leg was only tingly. My left leg was knocked out. So um, I did, I was still able to feel a lot of contractions through pushing and all that, which was really honestly an answer to my prayer because um, it, it, like some hospitals are different. So my last one in Mississippi, you could get a walking epidural. So you had a little bit more control over your dosage. So if you just wanted to be tingly or you want to be like all the way numb, um, you had that option. But at my hospital here, I delivered at, that was not an option. It was all or nothing. So I was sad because I really did want to still feel like be in tune with like when to push, how to push, all that. And I knew that if you were just numb from belly button down, that's pretty much impossible. So um, anyways, didn't have all the time to kick in, which is actually pretty cool. I could still feel half of it. And um, Matt, uh, what's his name? But Oliver. you were a completely different person. Like, I was as soon as it like... Like, kicked in. I was like, yeah, this is a great idea. That's what I'm saying. Next time. I'm like, I already had this experience, which is what it was for. I think next time, once I get to six centimeters, I'm like, all right, guys, call in the goods. I'm ready. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, had the epidural, completely different person, actually was able to enjoy it and rest for the last 45 minutes. Um, I think my body was able to to act a little more efficiently, too, because it was relaxed and I wasn't acting against myself, if that makes sense, like physiologically. Um, and then um, they... 
told me it was time to push, which is really exciting. They asked me if I wanted a mirror and I wasn't sure because you can actually like watch yourself give birth. It's an option. I did not do that with Maddox. I just, I kind of was like ignorance is bliss kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And then this time I was like, you know what? Sure. Like go ahead and pull it over. And if I don't want to see it, I'll just close my eyes or I'll look, I just won't look at it. So they pulled it over. And as soon as they did, I literally, I said some foul words (laughs) and I I was like, oh my gosh. I did not say that. I said something different. And everyone in the room started laughing, including myself. And they're like, stop laughing, stop laughing, stop (laughs) laughing. Because I literally was like laughing all over out of me. Anyways, it was just like so fun. And they laughed about how much hair he had. Because you you were already done pushing. So we missed a couple of things because when they pulled the mirror over, that was like right before they called the doctor. Right. So, yeah. So he was crowned and like ready to be Mm -hmm. delivered. But yes. During the pushing, like you really didn't push all that much, but um, I don't know how many of the details you wanted, but they did a really good job of like moving you around and stuff while you were pushing. Because every time she pushed during a contraction, Oliver's heart rate dropped like really right, low. Right, right. So he was not about it. Um, we were kind of watching them. I was definitely more watching them than Rachel because she was a little busy at the moment. But just watching kind of their mannerisms, like they definitely didn't like how low they his weren't heart panicking, rate, heart but they were. They were um, very concerned. Concerned, right? Um, and I remember looking at Lindsay and Madeline. Madeline was our nurse as well. Um, those were like the two main girls, and I remember looking at them, and Lindsay said, "I don't like this," or something like that. Yeah, and it freaked me out, and I was like. Should I be afraid or should I be, should I should be worried? Should be worried. And she was like, you're not allowed to worry until I tell you that you can worry, which I thought was a great answer because she's not saying yes. She's not saying no. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah, Oliver did not like being pushed. Also, we didn't know what the gender was. I forgot. That's like a major, major detail. But yeah, we, for sure. <laughs> oops, we at this point still don't know if this baby is a boy or a girl. So we were also really motivated to push because we wanted to know so badly what they were. We had a tally on the board in the yes. hospital room. That Every doctor that, that came, came in. in, we asked what their vote was. And girl was actually the leader, I think. That's right. Girl had like two more tallies than boy did. Yep. Um, and anyway, so they joked. They're like, before I pushed him out they joked about the hair on his head They're like wow like you know we can see his hair it's so much hair this is a girl you could go ahead and put a bow on it and i was like oh my goodness yeah um so doctor came in literally like easiest push of my life like Deliver the baby. totally different than he maddox did us dirty and oliver came out face down yeah which is or normal. he was like kind of at an angle yeah but he kept him that way for a while, yeah. yes, and like kind of held him back up to where you know we couldn't tell. And he was like, uh, and then flipped him over. Yeah, Tom's like, stop! I was you're like, cheating. Come on, you're cheating. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, and then the doctor finally flipped him over, and it was very obvious what Oliver was, and we both laughed so hard that it was a boy. Um. Maybe we can put the audio in yeah. here. This would be really cool. I think you probably can hear me say, oh, you're cheating. Yeah. So that's what Thomas is talking about. If you hear, oh, you're cheating. It's a boy. It's a boy. Whatever you start laughing, you can laugh. You see that? Hey, buddy. Hey, Bubba. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me some right here. There you go. 
super sweet moment like i will never forget and i remember laughing so hard because in the back of my mind i thought like i knew it was a boy like yeah i I, like thought and honestly like hoped a little bit it was a girl only because i had a dream it was a girl number one number two we already have a boy so how cool would it be to have both but like deep in my gut if you were to ask me like be the most honest with yourself if I'm the most honest with myself, even with the rest of my kids, I think I'm just a boy mom. Like, I think I'm only ever going to have boys. Like, that's just how I feel. <laughs> so the fact that he was a boy, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> She's about to get rowdy. Um, so we, yeah, got to snuggle him. And we got a good hour with him before, of course, they came back in. It's called Golden Hour. You can ask for that at your hospital. Um, he literally like, crawled up to nurse, like, which was wild because that was not how it was my first either. And for those of you who don't have kids, he li- he didn't literally crawl. Up, no, he just so. was like looking to nurse. <laughs> and yeah. Um. Anyways, it was just so beautiful. And honestly, like I look back on that experience really fondly. And I, I just also wanted to say that I know that's not everyone's experience with their birth. Yeah, for sure. Birth can also be a lot of trauma because there's so much happening with your mind and your body and you're becoming this new person before your own eyes. And there's a lot of scary things that are out of your control. And so we don't want you to hear us say like, oh, we had an amazing experience. And like, we're just being candid. It really was amazing. And we do recognize it's not everybody's story. And yeah. our hearts are with you if it's not. And I just didn't want this to seem like bragging or prideful because there's a, there's a lot that works itself out into a birth story. And just grateful that this was Oliver's. Yep. And sensitive to the fact that it might not be everybody's story. That's right. So anyways, that he was born at 3.32 p.m. So at one o'clock when she was like, just get to one. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad funny. I didn't have to go for another two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it was also funny because we were used to Maddox, who is at that point a 19 month old or whatever. He had 21 months. And um, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Right. Um, <laughs> and so we were like, oh, my gosh, he's so tiny. Oh, yeah. And the doctor like, was tiny. like. I'm sorry, but he is not tiny. And he said, let's just say if he was a fish, he'd be a keeper. Right. I was like, <laughs> okay. Like, my baby is not a fish. I enjoyed the analogy, but Rachel, not so much. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> um, but yeah, Oliver was eight pounds, six ounces. He was a chunky monkey compared to our Maddox, who was six pounds, ten ounces. Um, and just cute. Had a hair. Like, yeah, love life. Fun. Um, and we are so much enjoying him and his snuggles. He still has a lot, a lot, a lot of hair, um, losing a little bit of it. That's normal. Two little pieces to go. I think, do you want to tell the story of telling our parents and introducing Maddox? Yeah. Okay. Quick story about introducing our parents. So our parents were in the waiting room this whole time we had, um, the doctor or I think it was maybe the NP go out and yeah, it was a nurse. Yeah. Um, tell our parents just, you know, healthy baby big baby but we did not want them to tell them the gender so we told him i was like you can tell him anything but just do not say boy he him (laughs) like don't slip please and they were like okay 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 so our parents say that the nurse literally came out to the waiting room and they were like autry and everybody was like yes that's us that's us and she goes all i can say is healthy baby eight pounds 
six ounces. Healthy that's mom. all I'm allowed yeah, to that's say. That's all I'm allowed to say. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, and so, anyways, they finally got back. I I just wanted to get like cleaned up, changed, comfortable, all the things, and then they came in. And the, I mean, obviously we had Oliver on December 18th, which is a Sunday at 3:32 p.m. And because also, it was around Christmas time, one more put pro tip because I'll probably forget it if I don't say it now. If you are planning on being surprised. Have the conversation early on how you do want that to go down because Rachel really wanted to be involved in that right. process, yes. and which t- makes total sense. But like, but I think I also, Tom's had like, always imagined. I, think I had imagined like our families want to know as soon as possible, and like, so I had imagined me going out there and telling them, right? Like that. I feel like that in was pretty group. normal, not because I didn't want Rachel to be a part, of course, but yeah, like. We had to kind of figure out how that was going to go and then set expectations for your families early. I feel like that's so, a pro tip if yeah. you're doing the surprise gender deal. So I think everybody, including Thomas, thought that Thomas was going to go out to the waiting room and say, it's a boy. But I was sad about that because I knew that that would mean I would miss that moment. And so um, we had to kind of like skirt and tell everybody that's not what's happening. And you're going to come into the room and then we're all going to tell you because I want to be a part of it. Which was a really good call because I appreciate that moment. Um, so the hats the babies were wearing were Christmas themed hats and they were red and white striped. And the boys had a hat with a little pom pom on top and the girls had a hat with a bow in the front. And but nonetheless, all of them were red and white striped. So like when, thinly striped. Yeah, like very thin pinstripes. So when our parents run into Opposed the room, to the normal pink and blue. Right. <laughs> so when our parents run into the room, they're like, it's a girl. I'm like freaked <laughs> out because they were like thinking that the red and white from far away, it looks pink, that he was wearing a pink hat. And so I'd be like, no, he's, he's a boy. He's a boy. <laughs> so it was kind of awkward, honestly. I was like, oh, boy, this video is going to age well. Like, great. Um, it was pretty funny. But it was really funny. And then um, one of my favorite parts in the hospital is obviously Maddox. Uh, we had our parents bring Maddox just to like come into the room and hang out with us. And I had Oliver in my lap and I did want Maddox's first interaction with Oliver to be in the hospital. Just thought that would work best for him. Um, And then he crawled up into my lap and was so sweet and just pet Oliver. So precious. Wanted to hold him. Wanted to hold him like right away. Right. Yeah. Um, And he said, Oliver, like I think my parents and Thomas's parents had been prepping him. Like this is Oliver, you know, your brother. So he said, Arbor, like as soon as he sat in my lap, yeah. (laughs) Um, And we have a video of that, too. It's actually on my Instagram, so I'll link the reel that we made of that moment. We asked him, we said, you know, are you ready? It's so funny. It's so funny. We're like, are you ready to take him home? He goes, no, (laughs) ma'am. No, ma'am. We're like, oh, no. He patted his little chest and said, hi. (laughs) Hi. Yeah, it was so sweet. I asked him again later. I said, do you want to take him home? And he said, again, no, man. No, he was very sure he wanted to leave him in the hospital. <laughs> but they have gotten along really well. We're saying gentle about, you know, a thousand times a day. And um, they take baths together now, which is really sweet. As Maddox helps pour a little water on Oliver's belly to keep him warm. He really is like the best big brother as age appropriate as he could be. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just a 22 month old trying to hopefully love on it. Hopefully we continue old. on this track. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're really sweet. We have had like, you know, hard moments. I think just having two under two and having to choose who gets your attention when they're both sad, need your attention. Um, that's been tricky, but uh, like overall it has been so rich 
And you should not be afraid to have kids. You should not be afraid of birth or labor or pregnancy. Like, I get why you maybe would be, but your body can do this. Your baby was made for your body. Your body was made for your baby. God knows what he's doing. He designed us women to do some of the coolest things on the planet. Bad A double S. Like, we can do a lot more than we think we can. Really cool. Um, So... I'm just excited to have been able to share all this with you guys. It's crazy being on the other end. Yep. Like hindsight. This is fun behind the scenes information about the podcast, but any of the episodes that you've been listening to recently, like the one with Trudy Cathy or the one about in, like courageously expecting again, um, or if you have been listening to any of the recent episodes, basically is what I'm saying. They have all been recorded like way far in advance. This one we are recording like, in real time, right, like coming yeah. out of maternity leave just for this story. And honestly, like my computer was dead, dead <laughs> to charge it. For where this. is my charger? I was like, where is my computer charger? <laughs> Which is a good sign because I really am honoring my maternity leave. Um, but I just it was important to me to share the story with you guys. But then also, like I said earlier for us and our journal entries and just so appreciate the ways that you guys have championed us, our family and me individually and even our children and have loved on us through screens in person, all the fun things. Just grateful. That's a comfy way to end it. Proud of you. Proud of you. Thanks for doing this with me. No choice, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of behind the bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes. So you don't miss episodes full of encouragement and don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.